With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. We're going to bring you up to speed on everything that's made news today and all the major conversation points. Ben Simmons at the top of that, all the scores from the day, and, of course, your chance to have your say on the news of the day, Sporting Capital. Yes, indeed. Uh, an hour of power to spend with you on the Sporting Capital tonight. So we're going to do it exactly like we do a time on, where we're going to bring you up to speed and bring you across every bit of news uh, today from a sporting point of view, the major conversation points, and then give you the chance to have your say on those. So if you've been listening to the station all day, haven't had a chance to ring, been saving up your phone call, uh, now is the time to give us a bell, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Here's a number to ring, 0433 I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in whatever circumstance you're currently in, uh, whoever you're finding us, wherever you're finding us. Great to have your company uh, as we're a couple of days closer in Melbourne now to just enjoying some of the finer things, the simpler things in life that we've missed oh so much in our um, seven-day snap lockdown uh, that we're just about to come out of after about 80 days. Um, so we're excited about that and there's a, a real uh, op- there just seems to be a renewed optimism in here. It helps when it's been a cracker of a day, doesn't it? It helps when the sun has been out. Uh, you can you can look out the window if you're in the office or uh, working from inside and just see that it's a beautiful day and think not too long until I'm allowed back out there um, on a far more regular basis. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks to anyone that got tested. Thanks to anyone that got a vaccine today and to all the frontline workers you are out and out stars. Um, so much uh, happening today. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's been a big day of sporting news. Very little of it is to do with footy. Um, but feel free to put anything on the footy agenda that you'd like. Um, one of the things I did do today is, and part of our snap seven-day lockdown that, that turned into an 80-day uh, lockdown uh, that happened is, you, you, if, you're, if you're someone who plays golf, you would may have gone out already and just found that you, you, you're just completely useless. Um, you, you, you've lost every aspect of anything remotely resembling a swing. Um, I've been out a couple of times and I'm literally hitting balls 90 degrees out in front of myself instead of straight down the fairway. I've got no idea why. I thought I could. I thought I understood now how to swing a golf club at the very least, just to get up and down uh, and not embarrass myself. That's all I've done since I've gone back out there, just embarrass myself. So I actually went and had a lesson today. Um, and um, and 40 years, well, not 40 years, because I haven't been playing since I was out of the womb, but let's just say 30 years of bad habits. Um, I've I've been, the, the bloke that gave me the lesson, Brandon Rave, his name is, R-A-V-E, follow him on Instagram. He pointed them in an hour. I knew every bad habit that I had. And now I might not be any better, but I just won't be as bad. 
Uh, so he was an out-and-out star. It was just an hour that I was able to spend today that was um, as good as any hour uh, that I've been able to spend outside in recent times. Uh, so hopefully that's a little bit of something that you might be looking forward to, or it could be something completely different. But just to be able to enjoy some of those little things is is a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the news of the day. Um, scores from today. WBBL uh, a bit of a thriller played out between the Strikers and the Renegades. The Renegades batted first six one hundred and twenty six. Uh, top scorer was um, uh, Harman Preet Kaur, um forty one off thirty seven. Eve Jones, who I spoke to on the Sporting Capital last night, who's an out and out star, came from the UK, thirty six off twenty nine, uh, not out for her. Um Strikers able to get there in the end. They won by eight wickets, two for hundred and twenty nine in the end. Uh, Talia McGrath, fifty not out, did the the bulk of the damage. And Laura uh, Vold- uh, Volvart uh, was thirty six not out uh, of thirty nine delivery. So the Strikers got a win today. So too did the Stars, uh, three for hundred and thirty nine. Um, they uh, the Sixers. Um, uh, sorry, that game's still going at the moment. Not uh, not a game that's been completed. Um, so the Stars batted first, 3 for 139 in their 20 overs. In reply, the Sixers need 65 from 43 deliveries. Top scoring for the Stars, um, 57 for Annabelle Sutherland. Uh, Maya Boucher ba- uh, or Boshia, uh was 32 not out uh, from 25 deliveries. Uh, the Sixers at the moment, Elise Perry, 19 not out. Nicole Bolton, 5 not out. Ashley Gardner was out for 31 uh, and 14 for Alyssa Healy. And uh, in the Sheffield Shield today, Tasmania need 122 runs to win. They're currently two for 95. Um, Western Australia in their second innings uh, were bowled out for 230. Sean Marsh made 58. Joe Richardson made uh, a late order cameo, 50 for him. Uh, and then Tassie at the moment with Caleb Jewell out for 52 and Tim Ward out for 20. Charlie Wackham, he's 12 not out and Ben McDermott, nine not out. In the NBA today, before we get to the major news story, it's captivating us at the minute from an Australian and NBA point of view, that being Ben Simmons. Um, beautifully scheduled this, wasn't it? I mean, it's not... It's not a obviously it's not a cha- it's not an NBA Finals replay because they don't start out like that with an East v West game uh, they start out uh, in their conference but couldn't have picked two better teams so you pick the champion don't you to open up the season they've got Milwaukee Bucks and then they go well who's who's the who's the team getting the most hype coming into this season that would be uh, the Brooklyn Nets obviously Kyrie's been a big story and a big distraction but uh, they still highly fancy the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and Paddy Mills, what a performance from him. They went down 127 to 104. The Bucks were victorious to open the season against the Nets. But Paddy Mills' performance is being absolutely raved about. Um, it was Boomer's Paddy. 21 points. He hit seven of seven threes. He tied the NBA record for most threes on debut with a new team and tied the Brooklyn Nets record um, for most three points, three-pointers made off the bench. Uh, he was fan- absolutely fantastic. And then great performance from the Golden State Warriors, um, 121 to 114. By the way, I know that there's going to be some people complain when you say, why are you giving us the scores? I haven't watched it yet. That's that's This is a news hour. <laughs> I'm going to have to give scores. So um, block your ears if I haven't ruined it for you already. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just what we do. Uh, Warriors, 121 uh, to 114. Um, 
Lakers looked in control of that and then just a brilliant second half from the Warriors. And they did it with Steph Curry not finding his range, really. I mean, he had a triple-double, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 21 points. Uh, but they really did spread the load. And the Lakers look like they don't have much going for them in the form of three-point shooting. I think that's going to be an issue for them. Russell Westbrook didn't do much. Um, zero for four from outside the arc. They've just got to tell him to stop shooting uh, outside the arc. Uh, and to play that role. But they're going to take some time to gel, being a pretty new-look side. Um, but it was a good game, 121 to 114 in the end. So those are the scores uh, that occurred throughout the day. And by the way, uh, in the Geelong Cup, congratulations to Simon Wilde, who was on uh, with Pipe and King. They're calling that show The King and I, are they? What, do you remember White Men Can't Jump, the movie? There was the, the, the mystical duo that, um, that Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyle had to play at the end, uh, The King and the Duck. Uh, so why don't we call it the king and the pipe? Uh, it, that, that rolls off the tongue a little bit more. The king and I. Well, why don't we call it the king and the pipe? Uh, filling in nicely on drive at the moment. Uh, they had Simon Wilde on the trainer, Tralee Rose, who saluted uh, under Dean Holland today. Dr. Drill and Hustler War were the other place getters. So uh, Tralee Rose, we'll hear a little bit from Simon Wilde in just a moment uh, as well. Um, James Pattinson has reportedly retired from Test Cricket. So according to Peter Lawler, um, part of the SEN cricket commentary team and the Australian's chief cricket writer, uh, the 31-year-old has told selectors he's not going to be available for the upcoming Ashes, which starts November 8th. So um, it's a big blow, isn't it, to the depth of the bowling ranks, which we're, we're pretty well stocked in. But he was always the next cab, wasn't he, James Pattinson? And, and in any other country during his whole career, he would have been opening the bowling. And in any other country, even England, with you would have put broad to third. You would have put broad to first change, I reckon, with all due respect. But Pattinson was so good and a career just crueled by injuries at the wrong times, multiple back injuries, 21 tests. He debuted in 2011, 81 wickets and an average of 26. Um, he, um, he just was behind the trio, wasn't he, of Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood and Mitch Stark in, uh, in the pecking order. But if you remember his first series, his first series, he took 20 wickets at 15 in his first test summer. Uh, and then obviously the injury started to play uh, a role. But he was uh, crucial in the, uh, in the 2019 Ashes, uh, lower order batting and top order wickets he was able to take. And then they didn't use him. Last year, the rotation policy, that, which we'd been hearing about for so long, we didn't see it all last year. So he never got the chance. And now we won't, unfortunately, get to see him at test level uh, again. He last appeared uh, against New Zealand at the SCG in January in 2020 at the start of last year. Uh, 300 first-class wickets, 15 one-day internationals and four T20s. Uh, just off the text, 0433 why don't you guys give Major League Baseball just a little bit more time there in the middle of the playoffs? Not once has it been mentioned on the radio station. I know everyone is. I know everything is focused around football, football, football. Is that three different footballs or just the one? Uh, but there are other sports. And yes, you casually talk about basketball, but what about baseball? You'd be surprised how popular Major League Baseball is in Australia. Give it some time. That's from Darren in Parkdale. Uh, Darren, ask and you shall receive. Uh, thank you for your inquiry. Uh, I'll get you some Major League Baseball playoff scores uh, in just a moment when I can get it up on my screen. And what I'm doing now is padding for time as I click through. Uh, these are the scores uh, from today. Uh, if you don't want to know these, block your ears, earmuffs. Uh, Dodgers, 6-5 uh, win over the Braves. Uh, Atlanta still lead that series 2-1, but uh, the Dodgers on the board now. 
uh, had an incredible season. Did the Dodgers? Even the Giants were the two best teams, and they were in the same. They're in the same division, so they had to. Uh, one of them had to go. Uh, the and it was the Dodgers that got through over the Giants, obviously in that uh, initial series. Uh, the Astros nine two over the Red Sox. That series tied it to all as well. So there you go. There's some scores for you for Darren in Parkdale. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So Ben Simmons. This has been the story of the day, hasn't it? Um, apparently sent home from training, was asked by uh, Doc Rivers, the coach, to compete in a defensive drill and refused, was given the opportunity to again and said, uh-uh, and then was sent home like a naughty child. It, this we've, we've seen in US sports holdouts before, haven't we? We've seen this, these issues crop up from time to time. Aaron Rodgers, we've just seen come off a preseason where he barely trained because he was at, at loggerheads with the organisation. We saw James Harden uh, force the issue so that he could be traded away from Houston to get to Brooklyn uh, when he had a bit of a falling out there. This situation, though, is unlike any we've really seen to this point where it's, got, it's getting quite nasty. Uh, Joel Embiid saying, I don't care about that guy. He does whatever he wants. I don't care about that. That guy does whatever he wants. There's blame on both sides here, isn't there? And it's easy to see why both parties are P1 double-fived off with each other. The franchise and the team and the coach, by the way, all did turn on Simmons after the playoff loss last year. Joel Embiid pointed to a single play and said, that's where we lost it. So they threw him under the bus in a big way. Even the coach, who we all, Doc Rivers is a great coach. Even he said, I can't guarantee that Ben Simmons is going to be an elite point guard. They really did single him out as the catalyst for that loss. The fans did, the organisation did, his teammates did. And we've been thinking for a while that the Embiid situation with Simmons is a little bit like Penny and Shaq back in the day that cost the Orlando Magic maybe a dream run. Who knows what that could have been and who knows what this could have been. But these two have never really got along because they've always sort of battled over who's the man. These two don't get along and, and they might say otherwise publicly, but... When you are two teammates playing at the one team and you're both lining up in an all-star game on the weekend, yet you fly in different private jets, you know that there's something wrong. I, but I absolutely understand why Ben Simmons wants to trade and why he would be, P1 double-fived off, that they're playing hardball with any team that's inquired about getting him in a trade. They haven't got the trade done. They want top dollar. Maybe the Sixers, 76 just need to cut their losses and realise that this is a circus that's doing more harm than good. This is all that anyone's talking about. They're about to play their first game this year, and the place is a mess. They're, they're a shambles. They're probably better without Ben Simmons, who hasn't trained with them at all, than they are with him in terms of a cohesive team. But they just don't want to take anything less than what they think that they should get in a trade, and maybe that's going to do more harm than good. But you can see it from both sides. You don't want to lose in a trade. You don't want to lose money. That being said, I think that he's been given he's been given some very bad advice Ben Simmons I think he needs a drastic change to his attitude on how he approaches the situation from here on out and here's why you may have been in a situation in your working life where you find yourself not feeling supported by the place you work at you don't feel safe there you don't feel like the people in charge have got your best interest at heart or on your side you feel like the environment might be a bit toxic for you you don't trust that they're going to do the right thing by you and maybe they're undermining you and you just don't feel like it's the place that you should be and you don't trust what's happening around you. So you decide that you can't work at that place anymore and you give your notice. And effectively, when you ask for a trade, that's you giving your notice. That's you saying you don't want to be there anymore and you want to work somewhere else for whatever reason it could be. But, but that's more like the Ben's here. He doesn't trust the place. So 
you give your notice. And when you give your notice at a workplace, it could be open-ended until they find your replacement. It could be a long-term notice or it could be a short-term notice. Whatever that notice is, there is something that you must do. And it is so important that you exit and how you exit in the right way. You do not want to cause any drama or distraction as you leave. Remember the scene in Jerry Maguire? Remember this scene where he, where he gets fired and he said, just let me say as I ease my way out of the office. He should never have done that. <laughs> Great for the movie, bad for Jerry, bad for the career, bad for any of us who do that, who want to do the storm out, George Costanza style. Because in that moment, when you do give your notice and it becomes public, everybody's watching on how you exit. Everybody's judging. Everybody's assessing. This is not just in sport, but this is in life as well. They are watching how you handle yourself in this most difficult and awkward of situations. I've often said you, you find out who someone truly is. You find out who someone truly is in life by how they break up with you. How someone handles their breakup with you is exactly who they are. How they treat you in a situation that's intense, awkward, highly emotional, that's where you find out who someone really is and who they truly are. And everybody watches the breakup, don't they? Everybody watches to see how that plays out. So Ben's behaviour, regardless of whether he has every right to be aggrieved or would be every right to be upset, is losing him fans. It's losing him admirers, and it's possibly losing him potential employers. He's a young guy, 25 years of age. This is probably the biggest drama and disappointment he's ever experienced in his life. This is probably the biggest thing that's ever happened to him in his life from a negative point of view. I don't know him. I don't know his personal situation, so I'm just assuming. But if it is, it's pretty big, and it's playing out publicly in his 25 years of years of age. That's where it is incumbent on those people who are advising him to make sure that he doesn't go down the path that he is. But like all of us and you who might have been in this situation where you've given your notice to leave a place that you think's mistreated you, let you down, crushed you, lied to you, whatever it is, you know that you have to manage it perfectly so that you get the good reference at the end, don't you? That's what you want. You want the good reference at the end. You apply for another job. Where did you last work? It was here. Well, let me find out about you from them. You don't want them saying anything bad about you. So you play nice on your way out the door because you want the good reference. You have to see out the notice period and you have to be seen as positive, professional. Make sure that Whatever happens, you are seen as someone who handles that situation well. You win people over. You attract more flies with honey. When they go low, you go high. He needs to take the high road. He needs to go to training, bust his ass, train hard, play nice, win the people over again. Show everyone, no matter how bad it gets, Ben Simmons can be relied on. No matter how bad everything else is, I can turn up and do my job. Even when you don't do yours, I can do mine. I'll be a great teammate even when mine are not to me. You don't ghost everybody. You've got to be better than everybody in those circumstances. As much as you don't want to, as much as you don't think that you should, you put the fake smile on, you put your armor on, you go to work. Once a place turns on you, they're looking for any excuse to make your life worse, to make you the bad guy. Don't give them the pleasure. Go back to the table, show some humility. It doesn't even need to be sincere. Just do what you need to do to get the good reference. And he's not doing that at the moment, and it's going to be to his detriment. one 736 736 your say on the news of the day. I'd love to get your view on the Ben Simmons situation. We'll give you the view from his teammates, from his coach. Andrew Bogut has spoken today. 
A whole range of people have given their view on this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 I mean, I respect your own decision to be professional. I think it's, it's paramount that you just come in, whether you want to be in Philly or not, just show up. You don't have to do all the kumbaya stuff. You don't have to hang around in the locker room. You don't have to shoot the shoot the breeze of the players and the coaches and act like you like them. Don't do any of that. You don't have to do that. Just show up, give 100% when you're on the court, and leave the gym. Um, I think if he does that, everything will work out. That's all they expect. Show up to the games. But I think, you know, I mean, come on, man. Like training with, with the phone in your pocket, um, standing on the sidelines for most of the training and dribbling the ball while the teams are in huddles, like cameras caught it and it's not a good look for him and his brand and it's just not not a good thing to have um that you know especially when you're trying to get out of there professionally and and it might hurt it might hurt his ego a little bit to suck it up for a month or two but in reality if he comes out and plays well trains well does all the right things he'll be gone within a month um but i think this is just going to prolong the experiment andrew bogart speaking to the king in the pipe uh, earlier today filling in on sen drive uh, it, it's uh, I couldn't agree with that anymore. It, it, you you are not going to get the ref, the reference we would call it. You're not going to get the glowing reference to your next organisation. You're not going to get the next organisation on your side by dropping grenades in your current one, and that's what's happening at the moment with 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 Ben Simmons. So if he's got, even though he's got, I think every right to feel aggrieved by the way that things have played out and the way in which. The city, the club, his teammates, even the coach, who's doing a lot of work, it must be said now, to try and bring him back in. But at the time, when the chips were down, they blamed him, they turned on him. He's got every right to feel aggrieved. He had every right to hold out until the trade was done. But now that it can't be done until during the season at some point, he just has to stomach it. He has to swallow the pride. He has to put the fake smile on, put the armour back on, walk in, be the ultimate professional, and have people say, wow, Look at how much, look at how good and look at how professional Ben Simmons is. Doesn't want to be there, but look at him rocking up, putting in, playing well, doing the right things. That's the kind of guy you want at our organisation. When things are going wrong, we know that that guy will always show up. He'll get more contract offers. You get more flies with honey. It's an old expression, but it rings true. Tony and East Bentley. G'day, Tony. G'day, Sam. Um, a tennis analogy for Ben Simmons is all the Australian great tennis players, Lave and Newcomb, Roach, etc., said they became better players because they played Davis Cup, took time out, mm. did the training under Hopman, Fraser, became better. Ben Simmons lost me when he didn't go to the Olympics saying, I'm going to practice my three-point shooting. He could have gone to the Olympics, played with Mills and everyone else, and be guided by one of the best coaches of basketball in the world, Gorgian, and fixed his little problem, gone back and said to Philadelphia, boy, Jingos, we got in the final against the US, and look at the way I played and fixed my gamer. Now trade me. He's lost me because yeah. he didn't do that. I, I, I really wish he had played at the Olympics too, Tony. Uh, you look at Matisse Theibel, who, who was the naturalised player who, who was in, he has spoken openly about how that changed his life. Not just changed his basketball, but changed his life. That experience, being part of that cultural experience with the Boomers is something that he's going to hold dear to him and hold to his heart for the rest of his life. And every player that was, was part of that feels the same way. I would have loved that for Ben too. And, and I'll tell you what a great example is for him, is Mark Philippoussis. So I, I heard Jared 
making asking if there's a comparison here with the petulance probably being displayed by Ben. And is he a bit Nick Kyrgios? And is he um, and is he Bernard Tomic? Um, if it keeps going, then maybe. But I look at it like as exactly what you said. The best Mark Filippus has ever played, I reckon, even though he made Grand Slam finals, was when he was playing Davis Cup. The greatest memories we have of Mark Filippus, who was as talented as anybody on the on the circuit, was when he represented Australia. Uh, I, I thought of him today when when Jared was making the tennis analogy. Hey Tony, really appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Always great to hear from you, and, and I and I really agree. He hasn't lost me, but. I was pretty, and I've often said before that I'm. If you don't want to, if you don't want to represent your country, then that's fine. You, I'm probably not going to be a rah 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 chant your name and 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 have an. Inv- I probably won't invest. If you won't invest in the country, I won't invest in you. Now he hasn't lost me totally, but I'm just a bit indifferent to him. But it is an, a fascinating situation, and when I was watching it today, and, and it's a, I've I've been in the situation that he's in, where you don't want to be at the workplace that you are. But you cannot act like that because you don't get to the next one by acting like that. You've got to swallow your pride sometimes. You've got to play nice and you've just got to eat. I'll use a Jerry Maguire line again. Just ease your way out of the office. Ease your way out. Smile. Say thanks very much. All the best. Good luck with it all. And make sure you get out. It's like that game Operation. Remember that board game, Operation? You've got to be so careful not to hit the edges or the alarms go off. You don't want that. You don't want this. That's the wrong one, but you get my point. You get my point. You don't want that sound every time you step into the place. Just take out the little bones from the board game quietly and get get where you need to be. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Off the text, he's behaving like an Australian tennis player or two. AG says, I have no issue with how Ben is reacting. It's a 76ers who started all this by blaming him for the loss. Uh, Hi, Sam. I believe the 76ers organisation have created this scenario. They bagged Ben last year for losing. They have actively attempted to trade him, so they have devalued his potential trade value. I blame the 76ers organisation, not Ben. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Ben Simmons is an embarrassing flog. Please recognise yourself as a Yank. We don't want you to be an Aussie. F off. That's... Cheers, Louie. Um, I probably shouldn't. Yeah, that <laughs> I didn't think that uh, that last bit through. Um, Sammy Ben can come back from this. He's in a bad position right now, but he can come back. He needs to do what is best for him. That may be a year out. Hopefully not. He's a great player, not just good. Philadelphia is a toxic environment, not suitable for someone like Ben currently. I think LA with a father father figure type like LeBron would be so great for him. That's purely. Um, a Ben supporter in brackets. Uh, off the text, Louis, Sam, you've explained the Ben Simmons saga beautifully, but the guy sucks. His ego doesn't match his talent. Uh, an embarrassment to Australia. Um, Sam, the jerk store has run out of Ben. Listen, I, I, I'm always going to love anyone throwing a Seinfeld reference. If you can come up with a Seinfeld reference to me out of anything that's happening in sport, I'll love you forever. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Just a report coming out of Sports Day. Sam McClure has said that it's looking increasingly likely that the first Friday night fixture of the AFL season next year will be the grand final rematch. So he's reporting that Carlton and Richmond are going to open up the season again on the Thursday night of round one. On Friday night, a day later, it's looking increasingly likely that it'll be a grand final replay between Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. 
That's uh, Sam uh, McClure reporting that on Sports Day. Our Twitter poll that we put up a couple of nights ago on this was 64.4% wanted the season opener. So Thursday night to be the grand final rematch, while 35.6% wanted Carlton v Richmond. So the people have spoken and they, they haven't been listened to by the sounds of it, if that's how it plays out. But that's the report tonight. Uh, keep the text uh, coming through, 0433 98 11 16 and the calls, one 736 736 I'll come back and play a little bit of Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid today and get the view of the ringers, Brian Curtis, Keith Pompey as well. There's other stuff making news today, but this is uh, the biggest story. But if you'd like to change the agenda, feel free, one 736 736 Sporting Capital. Every day... Every single moment, I'm going to give Ben a chance to join the team and be part of the team. Um, he's under contract to be part of the team, and so that's not going to change. Um, you know, sometimes it happens quick and guys join back in. Sometimes it doesn't. I've been in both situations, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, as a coach, I have to protect the team, uh, the, the team first. And then we get to the other part. And so today, I just thought it was more important to focus on the team. Watch football, baseball, basketball. It's happened a thousand times, uh, and it can happen here too. Uh, my job as a coach is to keep trying uh, to get guys to buy in, to be in. Uh, and unfortunately, this is tougher, this situation. But that's my job. We, we've had conversation. We had a good conversation today. Uh, that's not to be shared, you know, that's between Ben and I. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants, uh, you know. That's not my job, uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night, uh, and try to lead, you know, the guys that we have here. Uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way because, you know, our chemistry has been excellent. Despite you know everything that's been happening in the, uh, the last few months, uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, I don't, I don't really care. Doc Rivers, the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, first, and then Joel Embiid, the second. Audio. I've got a sneaking suspicion, and maybe I'll get that grab isolated to play it again in just a moment. We'll just get Joel Embiid saying the first bit. Because when he says I don't care about that man, I think he was saying I don't care about that man. Like I think he was saying I don't care about that situation he'll do he does what he wants I'm just worried about my job I don't think he's saying I don't care about that man as in I don't care about Ben Simmons I reckon he was saying I don't care about that situation I don't care about that man do do you do you get what I'm saying who's with me on that if you can we get that isolated again Julio we'll get that again and look it might be trivial it might be a little thing but I get the feeling we've we're, we're misquoting Joel I think and yes he said it those are the exact words he said but I'm, when I hear it, I'm hearing saying, I don't care about that man, not I don't care about that man. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you're hearing it like I'm hearing it, I'm not hearing it like he doesn't care about Ben Simmons. I'm hearing that he doesn't care about that situation right now. He just he's focusing on what he needs to do. But yeah, he, it, obviously it has become a massive distraction. He was sent home from training today. Um, He's ghosted all his teammates, apparently, and, and isn't behaving in, in a way that's going to do him any favours at, at training as well, um, which was part of uh, my little uh, epilogue or um, monologue earlier. Um, confirmed dates for Victorian Sheffield Shield cricket. How good is this when uh, all the other states are able to play at the moment? Um, 
Victoria and New South Wales are going to play uh, in two Sheffield Shield games and a Marsh Cup game. So October 27th of 30th, Dremoyne Oval in Sydney, New South Wales versus Victoria. Then 5th to the 8th of November at, at the MCG, Vicks, New South Wales. Marsh Cup, November 12th at the MCG will be a day-nighter between Victoria and New South Wales. So finally, those two states can actually get some cricket in ahead of you know some of the players that are in contention for higher honours. Uh, so they can actually get some cricket uh, under their belt. John's in Greensboro. G'day, John. Yeah, thank you, Sammy. Sam, um, I was listening to the footage, actually, and I was thinking exactly the same thing before you said it. I think he's been misquoted. I think what he meant to say is, I didn't care about that, man, because Americans speak that way anyway. So that's that's how I, I picked that up. Um, uh, yeah, in relation to that anyway. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the whole thing has been has been um, blown a little bit out of proportion. I mean, I don't know who's uh, who's at fault there. And you mentioned the coach earlier, Sam, that he's a good coach and so on. But you know, I think in all industries in, in sport now. You can't just be a good tactician. Um, you, you've got to actually be able to, to put a few other things together, be able to inspire your team, but you also have to be a binder. And the way he went about it last last season, um, probably fractured the team, probably um, really um, distanced, I think, Ben Simmons. And as much... Maybe Ben Simmons is a bit immature or he's acting in, a, in an immature way for somebody his age and his status. But at the end of the day, I reckon the coach um, started the rot there because he didn't approach it in the right way um, in his press conferences um, after last season. Yeah, and he's trying to make up for that now. And before uh, sorry, uh, before that, John, he'd been very much in the Ben Simmons camp. We've got a text here saying that Ben Simmons was fine under Brett Brown. As soon as Doc Rivers came in, he wanted Simmons out. It wasn't actually Doc Rivers that wanted Simmons out. It was uh, the GM, Daryl Morey, I think his name is. But he wanted to trade Simmons out for Harden, who he worked with at the Houston Rockets. So they wanted to. So when Maury came in, he wanted Simmons gone. So that's another part of this you've got to keep in mind. Ben knows that there's a GM here who wanted him out from the moment he got in, so much so that he was actually looking for houses where he thought he was going. So that, that story's been getting around too. So that's just another part to, to try and understand a little bit about where Ben is. Again, reference back to what I said earlier about how he's not doing himself any favours now, but you can understand why he wants out. But from Philadelphia 76's point of view, this is a guy as well, Ben Simmons, who they've been begging him to work with their shooting coach since he got there, even under Brett Brown. Can you work with our guy? Can you work with our guy? We think we can help. And he didn't want to do it. That's why if you listen to a lot of the US commentators around this, broadcasters, um, analysts, a couple of years ago, most of them were saying, build the franchise around Ben, not Joel. Now, over the last couple of years, that's changed because what they're seeing is we're pointing out deficiencies in your game and we don't think that you're going away and working on them in the off-season. So I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day, and he was talking uh, about Lamar Jackson, the, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. And every year he said, oh, I love Jim, uh, Lamar Jackson, but he needs to get better at this, or he needs to get better at this. And not saying he's doing that because Colin Cowherd's saying it. It's A lot of people were pointing out when he came into the league, he was too skinny. Um, and then so he came back the next year and was way bigger, put on like 20 pounds. And every time they've pointed out a deficiency, Lamar Jackson goes away, works on it, fixes it. 
the criticism of Ben is we're all on your side, but over the last few seasons, you haven't worked on the things that you really should to be the player that you can be. That's where I think some of it comes as well. So he should be annoyed. Yep, he's he. they tried to trade him, but one of the reasons they were trying to trade him when the new guy came in was they don't see him as someone who works hard enough on the areas of his game that they need him to. So it's, there's so much shades of gray to this. There's, an, it's, there's nothing black and white about it. There's no truly right and truly wrong uh, in any of this. But at the moment, the behavior isn't going to do him any favors at all in finding a new home. And you heard from Andrew Bogut, it's actually going to prevent him. It's actually going to hinder his chances of getting out of there sooner. This will keep him there longer. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We devoted a fair bit of time to that, but it is the biggest story of the day. Uh, when we come back, Adam Gilchrist, Glenn Maxwell, uh, both uh, were on SEN today, and we'll hear from both of them uh, heading into uh, the T Twenty World Cup, which is rolling at the moment. Uh, the, pr- the the sort of the pre group stage, group stage, to try and get into the Super 12. Australia's campaign starts Saturday night, 9pm. Myself and Chuck Berry, you won't miss a ball uh, on SEN. Cannot wait to be bringing you the Aussie Games as part of the T20 World Cup. Back with Adam Gilchrist's views on what the best 11 is and Glenn Maxwell, who spoke to Jerry Waitley today as well. Yeah, I suppose if I wasn't ready, if I wasn't ready now, I'd, I'd never be ready. Um, to, have a, to have four and a half weeks in these conditions, training, preparing, um, I, I watched most of the games as well. You're soaking in for information from different grounds. You're, you're talking to opposition players. You're talking to Virat Kohli, AB de Villiers, while watching these games and talking about different tactics. If, if that's not enough to get you ready, you'll, you'll never be ready. So um, I, I've been extremely fortunate over the last five weeks to, uh, to be around such, such good company. Uh, Glenn Maxwell talking to Jerry Whateley today, sen.com.au to hear the full chat. To make sure you get the SEN app, you can get all the podcasts up on there just at the touch of a button, right at your fingertips. Uh, Glenn Maxwell is going to be, is the most important player for Australia coming uh, into this T20 World Cup. Make no mistake uh, about that. He was in imperious form in the uh, IPL. Was it five out of six innings he got a 50 in? He got four in a row, maybe even five in a row uh, at one point, half century. So bat him at four. Uh, he'll bowl a little bit as well. He, I think it all, not all rests on his shoulders, but he is the most important player in that team. And hopefully that's how they set up that team and realise that he um, is the crucial ingredient for Australia to have some success. Uh, Adam Gilchrist has named his preferred 11 uh, for the T20 World Cup, speaking to Jerry Whateley today. Yeah, I'm staying with Warner. I know there's a bit of um, uncertainty around him and his results, but he hasn't played any cricket. Like you say, a lot of them haven't played much cricket, so we can't really judge Davey on how he's going just on the back of the... He had a, a, a bit of a disgruntled sort of situation with his franchise in the IPL. So, Finchy, of course... Staying, I, I like the look of Mitch Marsh at three. From from what we've seen, I think he can have a, a big impact there. Uh, just going in and, and getting the ball uh, while it's harder and, and earlier. Should he be in there early? Smith at sort of, uh, well, Smith and Maxwell four and five. And I've no drama with a little bit of sort of floating there, depending on match situation. Uh, Maxie did a little bit of that in the IPL and, and was comfortable with that. I, I guess Steve Smith, that's the... You just need to check whether he's happy to be sort of floating around a little bit, but uh, but you've got to do whatever's right for the team. I think Wade will start at six, but I would have Inglis in there. So I've got a little bit of a, a difference of opinion on what I expect will happen. Um, not not a major 
reason there other than just someone a bit fresh, new, hungry, that opposition teams, well, I mean, they all know about each other and see each other, but, but just having that, that fresh eagerness in there uh, might just be the catalyst to spark something. And, he, you know, he all bitten two balls and a bit streaky on yeah. the last one. He did it in the practice game against New Zealand, Josh Inglis. Um, Stoinis, seven. So, I mean, that batting lineup, six and seven, could be, again, a floating opportunity. And then Pat Cummins, uh, Mitchell Stark. I've got Hazelwood starting uh, and Adam Zamper at 11. So there we go. One of the greatest ever. Adam Gilchrist has gone for Warnock, Finch, Marsh, Smith, Maxwell, but you can rotate those and move them around. He thinks it'll be Wade, but would prefer Inglis. And he's got Stoinis at seven, which is interesting, given that it hasn't quite worked with Stoinis there. He's always been better higher up the order, but hopefully he can understand his role and execute that. And then come and Stark Hazelwood. Zampa has a pretty strong look about it. A warm-up game for Australia tonight against India at 9pm. And then uh, it all starts in earnest for Australia on Saturday night. Myself and Chuck Berry will be with you uh, to broadcast that game. Uh, and cannot wait to get that started as well. Um, a great chat today had uh, with Neville Jetta uh, on the king and the pipe. Um, Neville Jetta spoke about the importance of having uh, Aboriginal liaison officers or, or welfare officers, uh, Indigenous welfare officers uh, at AFL sides. Yeah, there's, there hasn't been a lot of uptake in, in these roles for a long time. I think probably over the last couple of years now, um, there's been a, a big shift. There's been a acknowledgement of of the not enough um, indigenous past players or coaches um, that, that have come through the system and the opportunities are there now there the AFL um, have I think they have eased their soft cap to to help this um, so I think a bit of portion will be paid towards the um, indigenous staff members within footy clubs so it, it does take um, it does help the clubs out a bit in terms of the payment, and obviously clubs right now are trying to put all their eggs into into the one basket in terms of you know performance and, and doing as much as they can in that area because it's so tight right now. But um, the AFL has done a great job to be able to you know put this stuff on their agenda. And uh, football football clubs are an amazing place to be. Um, you get a, a lot of opportunities, and one of those obviously being uh, a pretty diverse. Um, sport, you get a lot of Indigenous players coming through. Um, you know, we're only two percent of the population, but we're ten percent of the AFL industry as players. Um, so, players in the industry right now that aren't Indigenous get a great snapshot of. You know, like you guys said, you had Byron there, you had Ed Winston. Um, these type of players educate you guys, and you know, not only on um, language but cultural cultural aspects as well so to be able to have these people well, I've been doing it now at Melbourne for, for my whole time I've been there be able to educate you know, not only Indigenous around but the important dates that, that are to Indigenous people and um, yeah it's, it's unbelievable to be able to help you know, non-Indigenous brothers and Neville Jetta, who's going to be heading to the Pies uh, in that kind of role. It was fantastic chat that the King and the Pipe had with Neville Jetta today. And uh, it's well worth a, a listen to, sen.com.au, to hear the full chat. Pretty much out of time, but I just wanted to play this again. Uh, if you're wondering, we're just trying to debate what Joel Embiid meant. Did he mean... I just want, I don't care about that man, honestly. Did he mean I don't care about that man or I don't care about that man? I'm going with 
the second. I'm going with the latter. I'm thinking. I don't think he doesn't care about Ben Simmons. I just don't think he cares about the situation anymore, and he's focused on the season at hand. Um, hopefully, the golf lessons helped you, Michael. Yes, Brandon Rave. His name is. I said he identified all my bad habits, and the beautiful Evie just texted and said, "Did he identify that you leave your wet towel on the floor?" Did he? Uh, very sharp stuff from the beautiful Evie. Uh, what's your handicap? I don't actually have one. Uh, I need to get one. And Brett says, "My 46-year-old brother shot 54 in nine holes at Glen Waverley last Friday. Couldn't care less. Just happy to be out there with me." Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Enjoy getting out there with yours. I'll be back again tomorrow night. Thanks very much. Stay safe. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.